There's no business like tro, business like no business we know. Everything about the show's appealing. Listen and enjoy this blissful feeling. Nowhere could you get so much information than if you were standing on Miracle Mile. There's no business like tro, business. Now, on to our show. And welcome our host, a man with a face for radio, Mark Trowbridge. Well, there indeed is no business like Tro Business. I love that theme song. Thanks for singing it with me, Sarah Articona. Always thinking about you. Welcome to our 10th episode of Tro Biz, a real milestone, not only in these programs, but well, our ability to communicate with you, bringing you great leaders, great communicators, and great folks in our Coral Gables community. I'm Mark Trowbridge, I'm your host of TroBiz, and well, we'll start where we always start, and that is with our headlines, or as we like to call it, our trollines. At the national level, well, all of the conversation is about the vaccine rollout. Now, that's been having a little bit of a struggle here in Florida, and we're hearing from folks about their ability to access it. But we wanna make sure that, well, when you make an appointment and you say, here's my arm, that you show up and do that. and in, Probably just a week or two, we'll have a third vaccine on the market. AstraZeneca is getting into the game to join Moderna and to join our friends at Pfizer. Uh, theirs is going to be a single shot. Uh, but the good news is that folks that are getting the shot are showing mild side effects. I've talked to my mom who got hers a couple days ago. She's 83 years old and she just has a little bit of tenderness in her arm, but, you know, still feisty as ever. At, of course, our state level, well, cases are coming down. We're at around 7 or 8%. That is good news. We had some significant spikes coming through the holidays. And I'm a little bit nervous with the Super Bowl having been last weekend and folks having some folks over. But I'm hopeful. And, of course, with Valentine's Day this long weekend, let's keep our fingers crossed that we continue to see those numbers of cases come down. Dr. Fauci wants me to remind you to mask. He even talked this morning about double masking, maybe having a KN95 behind uh, a cloth mask, anything that you can do to uh, slow the transmission, especially when you are in a small group. In our regional level, well, we continue to be engaged in the sweepstakes for businesses leaving New York, New Jersey, the Northeast, and of course, even California. Very excited to be working with our Economic Development Department and the Miami-Dade Beacon Council on a number of opportunities that might find their way to Coral Gables, including a company in the fintech space. We just welcomed in December a new multinational company from the Netherlands called Friesland Campina, and they brought their Latin American headquarters here from San Diego, and they are a dairy, and so they have milks and cheeses and other types of alternatives. Get to know them and check them out. Of course, at the county level, we're supporting our county mayor, Daniela Levine Cava's initiative called Thrive 305. I said on the Children's Trust, and we are very busy in getting this out into the community, and we want to hear from you, chamber members, business leaders, everyday folks working in our shops, in our restaurants. What is happening with you? What has happened in terms of your employment, your housing situation? How is your family? Are you healthy? Where do you think the direction of our county should be? Big kudos to our county mayor and the Miami Foundation for putting this together. But if you see it in your inbox, you'll get it from our chamber today. Please take about 10 to 12 minutes to fill that out so that we as a community can recover and thrive again. 
And finally, right here at home, while the conversation continues about Miracle Mile, we're very busy talking about subjects. What does it mean to businesses? What does it mean to residents? And most important, what does it mean to the future of our main street here in Coral Gables? Get engaged in these conversations, folks. The Chamber obviously wants to see something happen because where we are today has created a significant amount of empty spaces. But if you know our friends at the bid and of course the work that we do at the Chamber with our partners at the city, well, we see a pathway to prosperity. We're looking forward to our trolley being available in a demo project on the weekends. Of course, our freebies out there, but most importantly, we need you, the consumer. So check it out. There's a bunch of new retail that's just opened and some restaurants that are coming. But as always, it takes you to be engaged and involved. And those are this week's Pro-Lines. I'm very excited to share with you today that we have invited a great friend of our chamber and a great personal friend, someone that I have admired since my arrival here in Coral Gables, almost, what, 15 years ago. But most importantly, you know, he's been a super member of our chamber, has served on our board. I think many of you know Sushimaki. You can go anywhere in this county, even if you're on campus at the University of Miami, and enjoy his incredible cuisine. If you aren't in love with sushi, well, then you should turn this podcast off right now and tune into something else because we're going to celebrate Abe Ng and Sushimaki. Guess what? It's only our 10th episode, but he just celebrated 20 years. Sushimaki is now in its 21st year of serving Floridians, Miamians, and Gableites. So let's say a huge welcome to Abe. How are you doing, Abe? Uh, doing terrific. Mark, thank you so much uh, for doing this. And uh, it's great hearing kind of uh, troll news and uh, troll lines, right? And uh, I like troll of- news better, though. That sounds <laughs> even more snazzy. What's up with troll news, baby? <laughs> Yeah, but it was There's great. a lot going on. Is it, is it ever daunting to you? Because you're a super engaged guy and you know, you know, where that pulse is beating at. Is it ever overwhelming to you? Yeah, it is. You know, I think um, it, as you kind of read the news, listen to the news, uh, kind of hearing what's going on. But I think it's also a, a super exciting time to be alive and just the rapid change. Uh, you know, if you, if you kind of lean towards uh, the future and change, it's uh, no more time than no more exciting time than now for sure. So I agree with you. And that is what I love about you. You have eternal optimism. You know, we had a, a chance to talk a little bit earlier in the week. And one of the things that was always my takeaway is that when we hang out with each other, I just feel better. I feel like when we've talked, we're similar in kind of our upbringing. You grew up in a restaurant family. So did I. Uh, that's not easy, as you well know. And uh, I think from the time we can wash a dish, we're in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, uh, we're probably better for it because we understood the value of hard work from early on. And we also understood the value of, of, of family and family business. And you've been in that your entire life. And so thank you for that optimism. And I love your quote of a Hamilton song. It's a great time to be alive right now. You know, and I agree. I, the feeling is mutual. When I get off the phone with you, I, I, I feel energized. I feel encouraged. Um, you know, not saying what we do is easy, right? There, there's challenges every day. But I think if you, uh, you know, spend time with like-minded people, um, it's exciting. And I think it, it does come from our, our, you know, our family upbringing. Uh, I think you learn a lot about humanity in the restaurant business. And, um, and I think it's a fantastic first job for, for anyone to ever have. I agree. So do you remember your first time, the first job that you did, the first time you walked in the kitchen? You must 
tell us everything. Uh, no, I, I I do. It was it was at a Canton, uh, the one on 67th in, in US one. It's still there today. Yes, it is. Uh, right on the end. That's right. The end. It actually is now a sushi maki. We we actually converted it to a sushi maki uh, last last fall. But you know, mom was always at the at the cash register, and, and dad was in, in the back uh, the kitchen. Uh, but mom was always, um, her hours were like 11 to two so that she could, uh, be that tiger mom at home and <laughs> take us to uh, piano lessons. I was going to make that comment, but yeah. that, that didn't exist back then. We I didn't know. use that phrase. Yeah. We just called her like a Chinese mom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but she'd be there from 11 to two. So she was there in the morning to get you going. Yes. And then at home when you guys came home and how many are there of you? Uh, there's two of us. There's me and uh, and my older sister, Ivan. Very nice. And you guys were always good kids, right? Always behaved. Pretty, yeah. We, we really were. We, we made and did you go around reminding people that your family owned Canton? Because <laughs> I used to love to reach into my pocket and say, here's a here's a uh, gift certificate to Wendy's for a Frosty. Uh, yeah. No, it was, it was definitely part of our, our identity, <laughs> much like it is uh, for our kids to be uh, the Sushimaki family now, for sure. I love that. I think that there's, you know, there's great value in that because there's point of pride. And so your kids can see you not only as dad, but also as a business owner. You know, we were talking before we started the, the podcast today about having your kids come to the chamber some years ago and uh, do a little, you know, um, take your kids to work. Because they've done it at your place. I think you called me and said they come here every year. We want to do a living experience. And we were so happy to have Oh, them. yeah. You guys were so lovely and welcoming. They had a great time. We had a blast, too, because, you know, while we have plenty of people who act like kids who work here, you know, they're a little bit more mature than that. But <laughs> I can't believe how fast they've grown up. And I, and I, I was thinking about, it's probably been a couple of years now, but I think, you know, you took your son on like a, a trip to China. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like a rite of passage. And I couldn't decide who had a bigger smile on your face, you or him. And now I know you said he's taller than you. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, you've uh, really instilled in them, you know, some great values. And I know you have a, a, a wedding anniversary and uh, yes. I saw a great pic yeah. of you and your your wife on your social media. You guys, you guys are so good in that space. I don't, I don't know if other folks, I, I'm a little jealous, I'll be honest with you. We've been talking about trying to get our our followers up and I'm like, who does it best? And we're like, Abe, Sushi. I don't know about that. Well, thank you. Know, you. Uh, if I could uh, wish a happy anniversary to my wife, we're celebrating 21 uh, tomorrow, actually. So, we well, got married really close to Valentine's Day. Yeah, we did. Was yeah. that just not in the cards or was that like the Saturday? Uh, that was well, the best. You get the two for a gift, right? The anniversary yeah. and the Valentine's. So. so, you know that tomorrow, the 12th, your anniversary is also Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Is it really? I didn't know that. So, you know, we celebrate here. Well, as you know, well, tomorrow, tomorrow would be his 212th birthday. Okay. And tomorrow is uh, Chinese New Year. Happy year. Ready. Year. We're on it. It's the year of the ox. That, yep. It's my year. So, so if, if it's always your, it's a multiple of 12. So I'm turning 48 this year. It's the year of the ox. Nothing but good things. You know, the ox is, uh, is a loyal, slow, plodding, methodical creature. Are you going to put an oxtail uh, roll on the menu? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So I um, 
I love that that's all synergized together because, you know, it's obviously a date that kind of floats around. And then obviously you'll have a 21st anniversary tomorrow. And then obviously Valentine's Day is on Sunday and it's the long weekend. I know restaurateurs don't really get long weekends. Um, we used to, I used to tease my, my dad because, you know, he went to the restaurant every day of the week. Um, and my mother would be very upset on Sundays because, you know, she's very religious and our family was religious, but we would go to church as a family. And then we'd go to, my dad would drive separate. We'd go to the restaurant. We'd have lunch after church. And then uh, we, we'd go home and, and my dad would stay and, and work. It was a good day for him to catch up on paperwork. But before there was brunch, you know, it was a lot of families that would come there. And my dad was always like, uh, it was a seafood restaurant. And so he'd be like, um, you're ordering the fried chicken. Because, you know, it was always what was a little bit cheaper on the menu. I kind of think about it like when I go to Joe's and I actually like the fried chicken versus yes. the stone crabs. Yes. But there was no, there were no stone crabs, but there were no snow crabs either. He's like, you're getting the fried chicken. <laughs> so, you know, I think those stories are, they're endearing now, but when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I don't really get that. But That's right. But you grew up in that space. And yeah. so... You know, obviously you were a very good student because you went off to Cornell, one of the best, if not the best, hospitality programs in the country. Um, and what a, what a culture shock that had to be to not only going to upstate New York, but to just, you know, experience the seasons. Had, had you ever been to Cornell other than maybe visiting it before school? So, no. Uh, but I, I, did, um, I did high school debate. And I went to Palmetto, so a local school. And um, I did have the good fortune of traveling to the Northeast for tournaments. So, you know, I really caught a vision of um, like like a classical uh, Northeast school. And that's really why, you know, Cornell felt right uh, to me. And I love, you know, every bit of it. Um, The the, the change in season, um, you know, the, the weather. Uh, I, I think I always knew I'd end up in a warm weather place. So it was, uh, it was for a period of time, but yeah, I, I, I do miss the uh, change of season to this day for sure. My best friend, uh, Marco went to Cornell. Um, he's maybe three years younger than you. So he probably maybe overlapped one year, maybe not. Um, but he loves to remind me about his, you know, Ivy league education. And a few years ago, Cornell actually had a really great basketball team and they made it to like the sweet 16 or something. And the Gators of course had already lost in the first round. So all of a sudden, you know, I was, um, a big red fan Uh and, um, it was awesome. But what was, what was the Chinese food, uh, availability like, or even sushi when you went up there. I can't imagine that it's a hotbed for a, uh, a diverse cuisine. Well, you know, interestingly, at, at, at Cornell, there, there was, um, you know, Chinese takeout places like in every other city sure. globally. Um, and there was actually decent Asian, um, uh, Korean food, uh, uh, Japanese food. I think um, there were so many students who came uh, who are Chinese that came from all over and okay. some of them stayed. Um, and certainly when you're from, uh, you, you have like an Asian stomach, you have to have noodles or rice. So, so students that were there would definitely support, uh, you know, a great Chinese restaurant, a great Vietnamese noodle shop. So, uh, there was actually very good, um, Asian in Ithaca, New York, particularly, uh, in, in college town. And I think that's, um, you know, some of the best uh, Chinese uh, or Asian in this town is like proximate to FIU. Um, so, 
you know, you, you get students that, that uh, you know, clamor for tastes of home. You know, a few years ago, the University of Miami made a concerted effort to recruit Chinese students directly from mainland China. And so they would get 180, 200 students a year that came here. And within, you know, four years, there were 800 to 1,000 students who were here studying at the university and um, made an incredible impact locally, um, but probably affected, you know, some of your business models as well, because you have a great relationship with the local universities um, through, through Sushi Maki. And I love seeing that because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're, you know, feeding the next generation of, you know, culinary consumers. And so we want them to fall in love with you and great food. Yeah. No, that's always been part of our, you know, our, our um, heroic goal is to kind of curate Asian food for, um, for Miami. And, and that's, uh, you know, something my, my parents did. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's bringing bubble tea to, to, to uh, the Miami area, um, you know, uh, my wife's from California. So on visits to California, this was like 15, 20 years ago. We, we, you know, we saw these things of bubble tea and we thought it would do well in Miami. So that's always been part of how we've, uh, uh, you know, imagined Sushimaki. So I got turned on to Baba Tea by one of our members, Will Beckham. So wherever we're at, he's like, you got to go buy Sushimaki and get Baba Tea. So we're, you know, you can do it on your touchless or almost, you know, contactless record, you know, device that then, you know, goes into the kitchen. And yeah. it's so much fun because there are a million ways that you can do it. You can do an ad of this or you can do that. And then we're just like two clowns, you know, get our takeout and we're just walking down the street. And I'm like, I don't know when this began, but those little bubbles yep, yep. are basically the same thing as like tapioca, right? Yeah, tapioca ball. That's exactly what it is. But it's it's much do. bigger. And then what, one of the balls gets like stuck in the big straw. And then <laughs> I tell you, these are real world problems that I'm, I'm struggling with. But yeah, and you know, and you've been kind enough over the years to invite me for some tastings and we've been up in your office and I'm like, what is happening here? Like, how has this not been on the menu, whether it's a particular role or what you've done with the bowls and things like that? I mean, I love that you have evolved. I mean, you have a great story about working with, you know, Whole Foods and being, you know, somebody that could literally figure out how to turn the key to step across that threshold. But you've done that with a lot of different brands. And so um, I love that about what you've been able to do. Um, And was there something when you were growing up and being in a restaurant family where you're like, I see this and I'm going to always remember this? Or was it something that even being in hospitality training? Well, you know, I... um I wasn't sure I wanted to be in the restaurant business. In fact, I probably, you know, was sure that I did it. Um, you know, I saw how hard uh, mom and dad worked, particularly dads. You know, dad, until uh, mid-March last year, was in Canton on Ponce seven days a week for at least 10 hours a day. Um, May uh, I ask how old he was? He's, a he's year 80 ago. now. He's yeah, 80. He turned 80. Yeah. So, he, wow. you know, that, that's what keeps him vital and alive. And I think, you know, a big challenge during pandemic was, you know, he had a shelter in place, um, stay home and, and it took a toll on him, you know, mentally. Um, but, you know, I, I think once uh, he gets uh, fully vaccinated, he, you know, um, he'll be back, uh, hopefully in a safe way. I think it keeps him alive and, and vital. But, uh, you know, so I wasn't sure I wanted to be in the business, but, you know, 
I certainly wanted to do it in a different way where we had more of a structure, more of a team. You know, I love working uh, in groups and working with people and through people. Um, and, you know, in order to do that, to work with great people uh, in every uh, silo, whether it's uh, finance, marketing, you know, you need to have uh, enough scale. So that's what really always pushed us to kind of uh, link arms and partner with uh, big brands and, and, and institutions, whether they're you know, universities, airports, uh, hospitals, um, uh, opening up you know, multiple restaurants, because only when you have that kind of scale are you, are you able to work with you know, real specialists and uh, all across business. And you know, it's funny you mentioned about the tastings. Yeah, we miss it dearly. And in fact, w- during the time of COVID, we actually stopped a lot of our new menu innovation. You know, and it, it, we went just the other way. You know, our menus got smaller because uh, staffing you know, became uh, tight. But you know, now that we're, we're starting to um, you know, move forward a little bit, we are talking about new menu innovation. So Mark, you know, this, this spring for sure, we'll have you over. Um, I'm on my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have some fun stuff that, that we're, uh, we're drawing up, but uh, we'll be ready for a proper tasting. So I like your earliest comment in this segment where you said you weren't really sure that you wanted to go in the restaurant business. And I think even sometimes parents can be, you know, indifferent and saying, figure out your own path. We were talking about your son before, and he's got some passion for writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's beautiful. And you support that. But sometimes Absolutely. parents are like, you're going into the business. and But I, you, you raise a good point, because I saw that with my father. My father, yeah. I think, you know, he passed away when he was 73. And I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, just the stress, uh, the pressure, and being on your feet. And you know, after he sold his restaurant, he went and worked for um, some franchisees. And so he was on the other side of the uh, equation. And uh, it was less stressful, but I think he missed being in charge. And so, yeah. You know, you start as a small business owner, and you're right. You have to be able to do a little bit of everything. And, and as you scale up, of course, you can bring people to the table. But in the beginning, you have to have a very strong understanding of, you know, what you're trying to create. And you've tinkered with totally with some brands. I, I remember you talking to us about some ones that didn't work out. So yeah, no. did one with burritos. Yeah. Totally. You're always super candid about that. You're like, no, it didn't quite work out. You know, it's funny. You you work harder on things that just don't go as planned, whether it was Powtown, which was, you know, you were very involved and very supportive of that. That was uh, a good bit of fun. Uh, uh, Rapido. I just have to say about Powtown, and I'm glad you mentioned, because I was going to maybe wait, because I don't want to bring up anything that might, you know, (laughs) I could have eaten there every single day of the week. And talk about menu innovation. You were adding and creating... Um, but it just wasn't at its moment. I think it'd be different mm-hmm. today just because I think people have fallen more in love with the fast casual mm-hmm. idea. And I think they're really comfortable with some of the street food that you were sure. innovating on ahead yeah. of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, the, the streets changing drastically on, on, on Ponce, um, uh, you know, as, as, as the, there's more development, it's going to bring more uh, foot traffic and, and, and people, and, you know, and, and people to that area. So we, we're, uh, um, you know, we're always looking at what's next, but you learn so much about yourself and your team. Um, and, you know, one thing too is uh, when you don't have a big enough team, you have to do fewer things and do them well. And that's really, you know, I think part of uh, uh, Sushi Maki and, and how we been able to, to adapt and evolve is, is having focus. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's one of the reasons why we, we made a change to, uh, to, to, to shut down Powtown. 
So we're in this pandemic now, 11 months. Restaurants have probably suffered more than any industry, maybe the hotels, but certainly hospitality as a sector has been devastated. And you have been very creative. You found ways to keep your employees on the payroll. You worked very hard to you know, be front and center um, with the brand. Um, and you know, those first two months, it was really only takeout or delivery. That's right. Um, and not everybody kind of came back from that. The Gables didn't open for business until May 20th, where you could then be at a certain percentage. You guys quickly added some more outdoor seating. You have some. I love what you've done in the right-of-way. It's gorgeous. Um, and I love that people are always out there enjoying. Yeah. Um, but it's been it's been tough. And, uh, you know, how are you keeping that smile? How are you keeping that? Yeah. So, um you know, we, we have a lot of gratitude. Uh, I, I talked to a lot of restaurateurs around the country and we're fortunate in, in Florida to have the glorious weather uh, so that we can have, you know, tons of outdoor seats. And, and you know, the city of Coral Gables was so helpful in getting us to quickly uh, have additional outdoor seats, uh, you know, in those parking spaces, those parallel spaces. That made a huge difference. Um, you know, we're, we're really uh, blessed to have an amazing team that was um, uh, very quick to adapt. And, and we've talked about it. In many ways, our organization, you know, responds better when there's, uh, when there's acute challenges. Um, and I think it, it makes us a lot more focused. Um, we were uh, fortunate that you know we had a, a strong delivery and, and takeout presence even before COVID. Yeah, so, you had your own crew. Yeah, we, we were able to kind of accelerate that. Uh, a lot of the, um, the the IT integrations with um, the third parties uh, were in existence already, so we just kind of just had to uh, do more of that. Um, and you know, we so we had all the packaging and we had the value proposition that you know people um, uh, th- thought they got good value for money uh, for their money for sushi maki. So. Um, uh, so we uh, we were able to, uh, you know, hire everybody back who wanted to come back. So not everybody did. A lot of uh, times people felt unsafe. Um, and, you know, our, our, you know, from the very beginning, you know, when there's a time of just kind of incredible challenge, you have to rely on your values. And, and we put, you know, uh, the health and safety of our team members first, because if they felt safe, then and only then can they make guests feel safe. You know, um, so all the things that you mentioned about the contactless, um, you know, payment options, uh, you know, we, we were able to kind of get that QR mobile order pay, you know, very quickly. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to stumble uh, um, uh, on the, the, the toilet paper promotion where some of the local press <laughs> picked it up. I love that. Yeah. So th- that was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, when you look back at it, it, it was definitely a, a very daunting time, but we learned a lot about ourselves. And I, I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think we, we really uh, uh, feel fortunate that we're able to, to make it through, um, you know, at our restaurants. But other parts of our portfolio, like you mentioned, the universities were, were, were shut down. So, so that was devastating when you're 100 percent down last spring. Um, and, you know, the airport was also um, uh, closed, the Sushimaki there. So you're 100 percent down there. So but, you know, luckily, you know, our, our team members um, were able to, to work and support the restaurants. Um, and uh, it's slowly coming back. Uh, the, uh, the universities are now open. Uh, we're, we're about 50 percent you know, capacity, um, you know, the airport is, is, is finally open for, for, uh, for business. Um, uh, and, um, also, you know, the whole foods, 
also stayed open throughout the entire time too. It was an essential business. So, you know, it's funny, our, our business is complicated because there's lots of selling channels and it's, it's kind of a, a challenge to manage it, but because we're, we're, we're diverse, you know, we were able to survive and weather the storm. And then the last little bit is uh, we have a catering business that's also been, you know, severely uh, impacted. You know, no one's having weddings or corporate events, uh, but um, but that business was able to, you know, do a lot of um, good in the community uh, through crisis meals. So we feel fortunate that a lot of foundations um, uh, and churches were able to, to fund um, uh, meals that we were able to, to cook and serve. Uh, for those who are food insecure all over Miami, we did we did over eighteen thousand meals um, last year. So, um, and, and this was going to uh, Liberty City, Overtown, Carroll City, Florida City. So, um, you know that that that's probably one of the the best things that came out of this. Not only the food, the relationships that we were able to develop with those um, community leaders in, in each of those communities. They were so amazing, so hardworking, and it was just a real a treat and blessing to meet them. I loved what you were doing on social media with the folks at Branches. I think I became yeah. fully aware that that was one of your yeah. pivots working with the team there and you were down in Florida city uh, where they have a location. And, you know, I don't think it takes a lot of ingenuity to understand that, you know, you have to repurpose and you have to do it quickly. And so you have the background that allows you to do that, but bigger than that, you have the heart. And so, you know, food insecurity, I think in Miami, a lot of us who have, are unfamiliar with the have not, but COVID really changed the lens for which we look. I mean, to my colleagues down in the Southern part of Dade County, and you saw things that like, you know, cucumbers and other vegetables sort of rotting in the field because the restaurants were closed and 50% of the food source goes to restaurants and about 50% goes to uh, grocery stores. So important when you talk about the essential businesses, but supply chains changed overnight. Overnight. And yeah. then scary enough is that, you know, you you are so good about people's livelihoods. I mean, that probably was one of the biggest things that weighed upon you is, you know, sure. keeping everybody. And, and you're right, some people weren't ready to come back and do that, but yeah. trying to keep people's livelihoods going. Yeah, no, we have 250 team members, you know, uh, uh, probably in, in in uh, late March, we had to lay off about a third, you know, and, and we take that responsibility very seriously. It was definitely the hardest day, you know, that when we made that decision, but we, we knew that we had to get them into the system where, you know, unemployment was available and we had no idea how long and how deep uh, it would last. So, you know, we made the best information, best decision with the information we had. Um, you know, a few weeks later, you know, people really began supporting Sushi Maki with takeout and delivery. So we were able to give uh, people jobs back who wanted to come back and then eventually, you know, everybody. So um, it just uh, worked out um, uh, in, in, in our favor that we had the right kind of uh, food segment. And I think a lot of the community work that, that we've done in Coral Gables and uh, this part of the city, it came back. You know, they, they knew that we were uh, not a nameless, faceless kind of corporation, but one uh, that was, you know, in the community for the community. Um, and, and really, you know, we, we uh, my dad always kind of taught me that, you know, if you, if you feed the community, you know, the, the community will continue to support you. And, and that for sure was uh, uh, proved true in the time of COVID. No, and I think, you know, 
you talk a little bit about luck or you talk about, you know, serendipity, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, just the way you have built Sushi Maki over the years and having, you know, a, a real eye for the future. And so when I think about things like, you know, um, the relationship with Whole Foods or even just the ability to, you know, make all of those pivots. Some of that was set up. Think about delivery. I've heard from some of your colleagues, the real frustration they've had with, you know, the third party deliveries because they raise their fees to then pass along better discounts to the consumer. And, you know, we started telling our, um, you know, members that please go and pick it up mm-hmm. because the delivery could be up to 30%. Absolutely. And it was suddenly like this very, yeah. it's like, what do you do? You're stuck, right? Yeah. If, if I could underline what you said, yeah, all things being equal, if you can go directly to restaurants and order on their platforms and go pick it up um, and, uh, you know, yes, I use Starbucks. Um, and Panera, but when possible, I go to the local coffee shop, you know, threefold. And, you know, you, you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And, you know, you, if it's a cup of coffee, you buy it from a local, you tip, you know, 50% and you ask the barista, you know, how are you doing? You know, I, I think, you, you know, and I, and I, I think this is um, uh, what you can do because I think all of us need a lot of encouragement. And I will tell you that um, people were so generous in the way they, they tipped um, uh, during the, the, uh, the height of the pandemic. And, and our, our team members really, you know, felt, uh, you know, deeply appreciated. Um, you know, it's, it's not always easy. Yeah. <laughs> but but those I you know, hear that because yeah. you, I think the opposite. But you know what? I think everybody universally understood what was happening in your industry, what was happening in hospitality across the board. We've heard our mutual friend Lee Schrager talk about it in a very emotional way. And everybody got very creative. The toilet paper, by the way, I think that went viral before you had a chance to hit send. Because <laughs> we laughed about it. We're like, it's funny, but it's real. I mean, yeah. there were so many memes that yeah. celebrated the fact that people were cutting like their paper towel rolls in half. And I'm like, <laughs> I never felt that sort of dismalness, but you know what? We have a, we have a, a long-term issue here in this community. And, and I kind of want to finish yeah. sort of on this note with a little bit of a rundown, but you know, I have encouraged our superintendent to buy more local. Uh, I realize that we're always looking to save dollars, but we saw what happened to our, our farmers and what happened in our fields. And, you know, if our schools who were pivoting to address what you talked about in terms of food insecurity, uh, we have food deserts all over this town that we don't think about because we're used to having four Publixes in Coral Gables. We're very blessed in that way, but you can go south of here and probably the closest place with some grocery freezer is like a Dollar General. Well, that that's not ideal, obviously, certainly when it comes to healthy food and produce, but, you know, maybe that's something that you and I can talk about in the big picture because you saw it firsthand, you dealt with it firsthand and you, you were down in the communities and around the communities that were having many of those. Sure. And, and, and you're so right. You know, as things are getting back to normal, we all get busy, but those needs don't change. In fact, they, they probably become worse. And I, I think, you know, having these conversations is a reminder that, 
you know, um, th- th- there are needs in this community and those of us who have lots of resources, connections, uh, we just have to make the time to, to address it. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the new county government, you know, the city government, I, I think they really uh, have, a, have a heart, you know, to um, uh, try to serve those who, who, who are seriously challenged. So um, I, I, you're on. I'd, I'd love to uh, dig into that further. Good. We're going to do that. So I'm going to give you some rapid fire here. Okay. Who gives you the best advice? Um, my dad and for sure my wife. She's smarter than me <laughs> by a mile. It, we, I'm you mentioned her since yeah. your anniversary is tomorrow. Smart yeah. <laughs> Where did you guys meet? We met at Cornell. She, she's from California, but we met uh, in Ithaca. I need to get you together with the Ibarras because they're a Cornell couple as well. Okay. Fun. I know you've met Marco before because we hang out, but you know what the problem is? Yes. He doesn't eat sushi. He's like got a very unsophisticated palate. Uh, we got to figure that out. We'll I know. Do. It's very well. frustrating. <laughs> it's very frustrating. Where will you travel first when it is safe to do so, domestically or internationally? Yeah. So uh, L.A. because uh, Christina's family is from there, but no. New York City oh. uh, because... I think if there's a city that's really been devastated by COVID in North America, it's New York. Um, I think the world and our country is a better place when we have a strong NYC. So we, 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 they, they need our tourism dollars. They've given us a lot of dollars in tourism and also kind of a, a transplants. But um, right. uh, love, who doesn't love New York, right? No. And we're hearing every day of companies that are, are yeah. coming. As a matter of fact, I was at a Beacon Council meeting on Monday morning with American Airlines and the executive from American said he was on a plane flying from Dallas and the guy used to live in New York and now he just runs his office out of his uh, his condo that he used to live in you know a few weeks out of the year and so he's basically a Miami now so you're right and you know what we all miss what we love about New York the people the sound the smells the theater the food the music I mean it is it is our de facto capital and you know just one of the most vibrant places so I like that you're always thinking about how to help others. So I appreciate that. You're going to get the vaccine when it comes to you. Yes. From what I hear, um, you you know, that that's what uh, we need to get herd immunity, to get the right number. Um, I know nothing's perfect. There's challenges, but uh, I, I I do believe, um, and uh, medical professionals that I've talked to unequivocally say that it's, uh, it's, it's better for the community. Absolutely. And Dr. Fauci, I do whatever Anthony Fauci tells me. <laughs> I wore two masks earlier today. Now, I couldn't really breathe, so I'm probably going to have a respiratory issue. But he says, I do. And, you know, he's been around for a while. So yeah. I'm, I'm sort of into him. So when you're not eating sushi and you're not eating Chinese food, is there a favorite Gables haunt that you and the fam love? Or when the kids go, Dad? You know, um, I think that... Uh, the newest one, there's a restaurant that just opened across the street where Little Tea was, or Small Tea, was it? Um, uh, Agasajo. Um, you know, it's a great little Colombian spot. Um, you know, I, I, I love how Ernest and uh, um, I've had some good meals there. Um, uh, Tur, have you been yet? The, uh, the, I did. So yeah. I've been there uh, a couple of times. They're new members of the chamber. Okay, like good. Right there on a great street, too. Huh? Good, yeah, I, I'm glad. Our, our, our kids love the bread there. so they. Oh, gone. my gosh. It is about the bread, but. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great spot. That and, is and, hilarious. And those two different little, like, spreads that it comes Yes, from. yeah, exactly. And, and the other place that I'm, I'm learning a lot of, 
about uh, learning from is, is Sweet Green. Uh, I think they, they've got a really uh, kind of slick um, kind of mobile ordering platform. So uh, we admire them a lot as, uh, as operators. So that's a great point because you're going to look at it through multiple lenses, just yeah. like you said before, in terms of, you know, getting out of a singular silo, if you will, but integrating those. But that's a really fascinating. I met with them very early on. And of course, they're opening in the Grove, too. And you have locations here in the Gables uh-huh. and in the Grove. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's fascinating. But I would never look at it that way in terms of the mobile app. And of course, that is essential right now. Because folks oh, yeah. can come in and it's sitting on a shelf. Exactly. So, yeah, you know. How about a 20th anniversary story? Was there a special role that you did? Was I just out out to lunch or literally out to sushi? You know, a lot of our stuff got shelved, but we did do a pretty fun collaboration with Big Brothers Big Sisters where the Littles came up with a role. And um, that was an awesome collaboration uh, that was, uh, again, you know, uh, loving on the community. Um, and we've got some fun stuff that's, uh, that is in store for uh, our 21st uh, anniversary um, of, of, of Sushimaki. So, uh, we'll, Sushimaki we'll, is legal now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a good one. We might have to Coming have... Of uh, age. I love it. No, and yeah. it's cool because, you know what? We put a pause on a lot of things, too, here, obviously, at the chamber. And so those pause buttons, you know, they haven't quite popped out fully, but, you know, we're putting our big toe in the water. But, you know, we didn't do Burgerlicious 10, so we did Burgerlicious 9.5. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So yes. Yes. I love it. You know, we love spending time with you. This has been fantastic. You know, I'll leave you with this thought. Um, I think people in this community uh, have been very frustrated by this pandemic. But you have been there from day one, putting a smile on folks' faces. Um, you have given folks, I think, a reason to get out and dine. I, I love that, you know, you already had some of the infrastructure that set you up to kind of pivot more quickly. That doesn't happen uh, by happenstance, my friend. And so I'm, I, I sit here in great respect and awe of you um, being a, a kid. We're similar in age. You're about four years younger than me. And you look about 25 years younger than me. Um, but uh Having similar experiences growing up, I I can only admire you more that you followed in those footsteps and you have found you have found a way to not only succeed in business, but you have contributed so greatly to the community. So just thanks for doing that. Well, thank you. And, and Mark, I, I also want to you know share our appreciation on behalf of the business community. You know, during this time, you 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 led you know opening a new office. You led your team from out front and in person. I'm showing a lot of courage and, and uh, you know, that just kind of reinforces uh, to all of us that, um, you know, we, we have to be safe, uh, but we also have to keep, um, you know, kind of uh, our, our, our lives as normal as possible. That includes uh, our business. So um, I got a, a ton of inspiration and courage from seeing how you led from out front. When I asked, are you in the office? You're like every day, you know, and just kind of seeing your, you know, you're just seeing you, hearing you. I think um, that's important for all of us. Well, hey, thanks so much. Folks, get out and support our local restaurant community. Go get that baba tea. You're going to love it. <laughs> You'll probably see Will Beckham and I there in the next week or so. We're kind of the two clowns hanging out on the street corner, just walking and talking. Uh, but we are inspired by not only our great business leaders, but those who have turned COVID 
um, into as much of a positive possibility as possible. And so we will leave you on that note. Thanks for tuning into our TroBiz episode number 10. Make it a great day, everybody, and get out and get a great sushi roll. Thank you. Love you guys. Appreciate it.